You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart and Launceston, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston, and he'll be continuing his series, Reflecting Jesus. Welcome, David. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here today. Good to have you here again. David, uh, every uh, time we start our program, we normally hear a little story from you. Uh, mm. so some experience or something. So uh, what have you got for us today? Mm. Mm. Still looking at the blessings in my Christian walk, hoping that it will help others to maybe focus on the more positive things in their in their Christian walk. And oh, we all have bad things that happen, I know. But certainly it's good to remember those things that God's done for us. So yeah, I'm just sharing another one of those. Awesome. So when I was, um, when we moved back to Western Australia back in 19... Ooh, let me think, 96, back in the 90s, as they say. Mm. <laughs> um, we, I, I had been studying in uh, IT programming, computer programming, and hadn't finished my course at the time. I did a number of things when we came back. Uh, I remember I was in the uh, hospitality industry. I was invited back to that. That didn't turn out so well in, in that relocation and then I moved into a mining company doing mining gear manufacture project management which was very very interesting actually it was a field I'd never been in but it wasn't where I wanted to be it was just really a fill-in job Mm. and uh, while I was doing this IT course I was getting very close to the end of my program but I hadn't finished I still had about a month left and so I started just putting some feelers out and I was, I was really, really amazed at the way God works when he has a place where he's guiding you. I, you know, they, they always say when you're going for a job, you don't find your jobs in the paper, not the good ones. Mm. You've you got to go to um, employment agencies, you've got to do some footwork, you've got to knock on doors, and that's where you find the best jobs. Mm. Well, I was just blown away that I picked up a local paper well, I was doing everything I possibly could, putting job ads out everywhere and doing everything, but it was the local paper with a small ad in the wanted section for employment. I rang these people up. The The manager answered the phone. He booked an interview. He says, well, all right, why don't we have, uh, why don't we have lunch together tomorrow? <clears throat> so I thought, all right. <laughs> he found out a bit about me. I went, yep, all right, we'll, we'll have an interview. We had lunch together. I was, uh, I turned out to be employee number 13 in their company. Mm. Uh, it was a very small company. And, and basically by the time we finished our lunch, he said, well, sounds good. Do you want to start tomorrow? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was wow. just shocked. Mm. I hadn't even finished my programming course. I never got to use the employment services of the programming course that I did. Um, and, and I had a job in IT, and it wasn't programming in, in the language C++ that I was trained in, in or, or done the course in, but nevertheless, it was a form of programming, and I did that for a, a number of years before moving into Rio Tinto. But it, it was just a blessing that, that here, here, God is always faithful, mm. and we were just following his leading, and he led us here. 
you know he led us to this particular place a particular time in our life and he made sure I got a job and I couldn't say that it was through my own efforts really uh, it wasn't through using human means you know the, the the employment agency it was simply that God continued to be always faithful mm. and and it just blew me away that this this was a, an amazing blessing couldn't be anything else except for God David, uh, today we're continuing your series, and I think the title is Freedom from Death, so we'll, we'll get into that mm. shortly. But uh, just want to remind our listeners that all of our past episodes are recorded, and they are available on the Faith FM website. You can go there, faithfm.com.au, find the Listen menu, and you can find Tassie Encounters and you can see all of our past episodes there. You can also uh, find our series, um, Reflecting Jesus. You can actually find that separately if you just wanted to listen to all the Reflecting uh, Jesus series there on the app and on the website, the Faith of M app, you can get from the App Store. Um, I do want to remind our listeners as well, just in case it's their first time listening today, 0488 is our show number. And David, we've got an event coming uh, to Tassie. Um, this Ooh. is a special event. Dr. Sue Rad, she's an expert in her field of, uh, of uh, diet and nutrition. Um, she was the author of a book called Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, which actually won the Gorman World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. Got some great recipes in it. We've used many. Yes, I've, <laughs> uh, I've got a, a copy of that book at home as well. So uh, Sue Rad's coming down to Tassie soon, uh, just in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. And uh, we'd love all of our Tasmanian listeners to be able to attend and hear this event. She's going to be talking about improving immune function through food. So we'd love you to be able to attend an event in Hobart, Launceston or Devonport. If you're interested, and we'd encourage you to text in to our show number 0488 Text this code word IMMUNE22, that's I-M-M-U-N-E, number 22. And if you text that into 0488-880-891, we will send you back the details as to where you can book. It's a free event, and it's happening in Hobart, Launceston, and Devonport. So don't miss out. There are some limited tickets available, so book early to avoid disappointment. Mm. So, David, uh, what, uh, as I said earlier, freedom from death is our is our topic, but... Uh, how would you like to lead us into this today? Yeah, uh, look, as Jesus was about to leave his disciples uh, and taken up to heaven, he said a very, very important thing. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, which is odd because he's leaving. But he, he left a helper. He, he sent the Holy Spirit to help. And this is in Matthew twenty eight twenty. Um, we, we know that Jesus died and rose again because there's just too many first-hand witness accounts of it both from inside and outside the bible you can go to the historian josephus you can read about some of the things that he said and that's outside the bible record so you have all of these people there's no denying that a man jesus of nazareth lived on the earth today no no genuine scholar will actually dis dispute that but you know they often dispute what he who he was and what he did but you know it, it's okay for jesus that he went back to heaven he was god but what about us? 
anyone who's been around for any amount of time most likely has seen their share of death and dying because, you know, as they say, there's two things in life that are, that are certain, death and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jesus was recording it as saying, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die, in John eleven twenty six. So we have this conundrum. We'll, we'll look at that more shortly. But today I want to continue this series on reflecting Jesus by looking at freedom from death. And as I said a moment ago, probably our biggest challenge in life is when it's ending or we're facing our own death. But Jesus, if Jesus said uh, we wouldn't die if we believed in him, and we've seen lots of Christians die, even faithful Christians, we have to ask the question, is this a contradiction? What, what did Jesus mean by saying, he who believes in me will never die? Mm. You know, I, I've gone to many funerals, I've taken many funerals, um, and, and you see people dying. And mm. I know through their life, from the experiences of knowing them and, and watching how they live, I know they're connected with God, but they die. So we're going to look at this topic today. We're going to look at um, what's it mean to have freedom from death. Mm. But first, maybe we'll, we'll do listener question. Um, the listener question I'd like to ask today is, would anyone be willing to share a time when you escaped death? Remember Chris, who shared with us last week about the skydiving one? An amazing story. Surviving oh. a parachute failure. Absolute double parachute mm. failure. Um, and they, and my brother does a lot of skydiving. He's done over a 1,000 jumps, and he's had to cut his main parachute away about four times wow. and rely on his reserve. Um, and it's always open for him. But to lose both? Wow. That's a really great experience of God looking after someone. So if anyone else would like to share a time when they escape death, uh, we would love to hear them, love mm. to hear them. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Share a time when you have escaped death. We'd love to hear from you. This uh, first song is Pilgrim Song by Clearly Hines. I'd be lying if I say I'm not lonely Living in a world where I don't belong I see trouble and pain all around me A place of darkness where I become strong But I'm glad that I am on a journey To a world where happiness never ends
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with David Maxwell on the topic of freedom from death. Before the break we asked you a question. Share a time with us when you escaped death. I know uh, many I'm sure have been in circumstances where they have escaped death. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 so uh, before the break, David, you said we we're going to look at this topic, freedom from death. It's, mm. uh, I guess we need to get into it. So let's start unpacking that. Mm, thanks, Jason. Yeah, look, as I look at this topic, I'd like to clarify something Jesus said about never dying if you put your trust, trust in him. We've seen people die. What, was he, what, what did he actually mean? Well, we know from various other verses and presentations that I've shared that God is always, always faithful and we can trust what he said. But at times... What we see with our eyes sometimes contradicts what the Bible says. So, you know, we see people dying, we, they go to graves, as I said before the break. We know they're, we know they're good Christians, not, not just because they present as good Christians, but we see the example lived out in their life. And so we know they're Christians, but then they die. What did Jesus mean? We're going to unpack this today, but first I'm going to pray and then I'll get you to read in this really interesting version, that one of the versions we've shared in the previous sections, um, Romans 8, 1 to 4. So let me pray first. Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can come and open your word. We can talk freely on the radio today. We can share your word with people. Please speak to us from your word as we read it and give us all understanding we ask in your name. Amen. So the Amplified Bible. I'd love you to read Romans 8, 1 to 4 in the Amplified and all those other bits that the Amplified puts in there as well. That'd be great. Thanks, yeah. Jason. So the Amplified Bible adds adds some extra comments, which I guess gives a greater meaning or explanation. So hmm. I will do my best to read it. So it says, Therefore is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus believe in him as personal lord and savior for the law of the spirit of life which is in christ jesus the law of our new being has set you free from the law of sin and death 
For what the law could not do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did, he sent his son, his own son, in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son, so that the righteousness the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh. That's guided by worldliness and in our sinful nature. But live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. Yeah, thanks, Jason. That's really good. I, I like the way it explained the purpose of the law, you know, uh, for what the law could not do. That is, this is what the law can't do overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power. I, I really love that bit because that's what the law is. It doesn't take away the law. It doesn't take away from the law, but it actually clarifies the purpose of the law. Mm. So the law's always there. We've looked at that in previous programs too. So let's let's continue on. What is death? Why do we all suffer it? We all know what death is, cessation of life, but many people are wondering what then? What what happens after death? You know, where do I go? What where, you know? What do I do? What, what's going on? Kerry Packer had a very interesting comment on death. Many of you will know Kerry Packer. Packer is one of the the world's um, most richest men uh, of his time, and that uh, media baron. In the he, 90s. he was in Australia, wasn't he? Certainly, certainly Australia. one of the uh, wealthiest Australian oh, uh, people. Yeah. In 1990, Kerry Packer's heart stopped after a massive heart attack while he was playing polo. Um, he was he was playing. You know, the game fell off. I don't know if he fell off his horse or not, but he had this heart attack, mm. and he was clinically dead for eight minutes. Yet he recovered, and this recovery was hailed as a miracle. Obviously, the question when someone's clinically dead for some time is, where'd you go? Mm. What happened? What did you see? Tell us uh, when they come back and they're able to. So when asked about what he saw when he died, he was fond of stating quite bluntly, I'll leave the profanities out. Um, But he said, I've been on the other side. And let me tell you, son, there's nothing there. Mm. There's nothing there. We hear of lots of people seeing bright lights, supposedly watching themselves floating above their bodies, and also people who say they've seen their loved ones uh, appear to them after they've passed away. And there seems to be a lot of confusion about what happens when you die. I'm not going to look at all of those experiences. All I'm going to look at, as we just recap this topic, because we've looked at this before, as we recap the topic, I'm just going to look at well, what does the Bible say about those things. Remember what we said about sometimes our eyes can deceive us. Sometimes what we see can be different from what the Bible tells us. Mm. It's important that we rely on what the Bible says, and I think that's very important. So before we've looked at the topic, as I said, but rather than repeat it all, I'm just going to recap briefly um, because really what I want to look at today is what Jesus said about not dying. Okay, but but we do need to recap on um, death and what death is. So we can really do this in just a few texts. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16, God tells Adam, uh, you can eat from everything, eat from every single tree. There's just one test. There's just one tree, and this tree is called the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat from this tree, because if you eat from this tree... 
the direct translation from the Hebrew is dying you will die. Or in other words, if we translated that into our English, when you die, that's it. Mm. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> yep. All right. And then in chapter 3 and verse 22, after they've disobeyed and eaten from the tree, God shuts them out of the Garden of Eden to prevent them from eating from the tree of life and living in this sinful state forever. Okay, so when they get out of the Garden of Eden, they can't eat of the tree of life, this, this, this special tree that grants them ongoing life, which means if they don't have the ongoing life, they can't live forever. Mm. They have to die. And what God said, when you die, that's it, comes true eventually for them. Now, they were made perfectly and they lived for a long time, 930 years for Adam. We believe that's exactly how long he lived you know it's a literal uh, translation it's not just a story just these two verses show us that man doesn't live forever but because of their disobedience at death that's it now the bible actually backs this up really well in other places as well ecclesiastes chapter 9 read that whole chapter it's fantastic but just two of those verses one of them says that that it tells us that the dead know nothing it doesn't say the dead know something. It doesn't know, say the dead know um, uh, various experiences or anything. It says the dead know nothing. And in the grave there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom, which is pretty much all of consciousness. Mm. You know, If you don't have anything to do, if you don't have anything uh, to learn, if you don't um, have any understanding or knowledge, you've got no consciousness. This chapter is telling us that when we die, there's nothing more for people to do with the living. And chapter 9 and verse 6 of Ecclesiastes says that. What it means by that is that people don't come back and haunt us. Mm. And, 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 you know, I've seen, I've seen two apparitions in my life as well, and I now believe differently about what they were than what I believed at the time when I saw them because I wasn't uh, following the Bible. I didn't understand what it was talking about. But now I know what I saw. And sometimes people have seen these things, but what they saw, I'm not disputing they saw something, but what they saw is not what they think they saw. Mm. Finally, Jesus calls death what it is. He calls it a sleep. And there's two, two stories in, in the New Testament talk about this. One in Luke 8:52, uh, a young girl who dies, Jesus calls it a sleep. The young girl is asleep. She's don't 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 mourn for her. I'm going to wake her up. They laugh at him and they make fun of him because they know what death is. Mm. They see it. Mm. And then in John eleven eleven, Jesus is talking about Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. He stays there until he dies, until he dies. And then he says, Lazarus is asleep. I'm going to go and wake him up. And they say, Oh well, that's good. He'll get better if he if he's sleeping. And Jesus says, No no no, you misunderstand. He, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. So and, they. And by the time Jesus got there, it was three or four days later, mm, I think, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. So Jesus makes it really clear. No, no, no. He's dead. But I'm using a figure of speech. We'll talk about that later. But in short, as Kerry Packer explained, there's nothing there except silence. Psalms 115, 17 says that. And blackness, the blackness of darkness forever, as Peter explains in Second Peter two seventeen. Uh, to illustrate this briefly before the break, I have to remind you of the creation process. When you go to Genesis chapter 2, you see that God creates man and how he does it. He says he forms him from the dust, then breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, a special type of breath, a life-giving uh, 
um, breath. That's the only word I can use for it. That's what yeah. the Bible says. And he becomes a living person. He becomes a living soul. He's not given a soul. He becomes one. Mm. He becomes one. And so if you reverse the process, you say the person or the soul, the person, the being, without the breath, goes back to dust. And that's what we actually see. We have that saying, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's because that's where you go. Mm. I was interested uh, having a discussion with... um someone else about this topic of you know what really does happen when you die and um it's interesting because you know we don't understand how god is going to recreate us in the end Mm. but we have to accept Mm. that when we die you know we do not know anything and that's right we we just simply cease to breathe and that uh it says i think in um is it ezekiel where it says that our breath returns to god that's it. Our breath yeah. returns to God yeah. where it was. You know, so there's he, he not gave it and it goes back to him. <laughs> That's it. We have this life on loan. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense what he said in Genesis. Yeah. You know, if he if we died and went on living, then we don't die when we die. But Jesus said, God said, if you eat, you cease to exist when you die. Mm. And so this breath is on loan to us. This life giving breath. That's what returns to God, not the personhood, the being, me. As a conscious being, it doesn't return to God. Um, the consciousness ceases and it's like a rest. We'll dig more into that after the break. Mm, awesome. Well, um, we're going to go to a break. We have a free book offer coming up uh, called Draining the Sticks. We'll t- tell you more about that a little bit later. But do remember our question. We'd love to hear from you. Share a time when you, re- um, when you escaped death. We'd love to hear from you uh, on that topic. So text us in on 0488 This is Keith and Kristen Getty and Alison Krauss with In Christ Alone. In Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease My comforter, my all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live
ground, his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since Christ has lost its grip on me. Precious blood of Christ No guilt in life, no fear in death This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny Calls me home here in the part of Christ. I'll stand. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. So, David, before the break, we were talking about how the breath of life leaves us when we die. It uh, returns to God, the life force. Um, that's the only thing that returns to God. There's no, mm. there's no consciousness after death. Mm. Uh, our our being it does no longer exist. Um, mm. but would you like to uh, tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. Look, during the break, we were talking about that as well, and we were talking that that God has a book of remembrance. As he's going through the judgment, he has this book of remembrance where he remembers or a record is kept of some kind. I don't know what that record looks like. And perhaps it's for others who are looking into his judgment later. We read that in Revelation and Daniel as well, where, where the judgment, the books are opened, so the records are opened. People can look. I've got to interject, David, because yeah. we've both uh, been in IT, and uh, mm. perhaps mm. he's got this amazing cloud storage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, perhaps, perhaps That's, it'll be something that, that stores information about us or something. Correct, it'll blow our minds. Whatever it, will, it is, yeah. but it says in the Bible that there's this book of remembrance uh, records where, you know who we are, basically where we're from, what we've known, what we've done, so that when God judges, not only I mean he he is all knowing, he is all everything. Um, so it's really for everyone else's benefit to see that his judgments have been fair. Um, there's a record 
of who we are and 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 people can see or the universe can see that we are god doesn't just wipe away that person create a brand new one he he has retained a a record of who we are and he recreates us Mm. so there's something there and we don't understand that fully we won't until we till it happens but i was reminding our, our listeners basically that bible says that death is like a sleep when we die we we as in you and me me as a person i don't go anywhere i simply rest in the grave till jesus comes to wake me up two other verses actually confirm this and um, that we've looked at before but i think it's important that we briefly look at them that help us to see what what this um this renewal what this renewal looks like so as we 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 can go to uh daniel chapter 12 to 2 and 13 uh, Daniel's having an angel wrap up this vision and he's writing it down to close the book. The angel tells him that when Jesus returns, many who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Now, that's pretty plain. Mm. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Sorry for the mower going in the background. I can't stop the council. Mm, that's right. <laughs> but you, he says, go your way till the end for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. So it's not just Jesus that calls it a rest. Here, the angel, direct from God, message from God, probably a message from Jesus, he is, he is saying the same thing. You're going to rest. You're going to rest for a long time. End of the days, you're going to be risen up, and he will receive his inheritance. What a promise he's given, mm. that he has been faithful as far as God judged, and, and he is going to be part of that everlasting inheritance. Wow, that would be encouraging. I wish God would come and personally say that to me. That would be just <laughs> so encouraging in my life. Secondly, as the apostles were dying, the early apostles, um, some of them were dying. They thought Jesus was going to come straight back. God gives them comfort and hope about what's to come. Through the words of Paul, God um, tells, uh, tells those new Christians through Paul, we shall not all sleep. Again, same word, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And when? At the last trumpet, mm. not when I die. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So two groups of people, those living, those died, both who've accepted Jesus. The Bible teaches when we die, we simply sleep unconsciously till Jesus returns. Mm. We're not going to talk any more too much about that. But really the question is, so the next logical question, how can we be free from death if everyone dies? Because Jesus said, believe in me, you'll never die. So why did Jesus say that? Mm. It sounds like a contradiction if you ask me. And if you ever want to put one together, there's one for you. But there's dead and there's dead, it would seem. dead, dead. (laughs) Dead, dead. Uh, And Jesus uses this in a parable that just came to mind. He says when someone wanted to go and bury his father and Jesus said, it sounds like a really harsh statement. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. Well, Dead people can't do anything. Dead people can't bury anyone. He's saying, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. Mm. Okay, so there's dead physically and there's dead spiritually. Mm -hmm. Now, the story of Lazarus. Jesus was speaking about Lazarus, Lazarus spiritually. He was only sleeping spiritually. They thought he meant physically. So Jesus clarifies it and he says, no, hang on. You don't get it. Lazarus is physically dead. He's He's dead. Um, but he's only dead to you. What what Jesus is saying to, about this is he's only dead to you, not to God. Because to God, he's only asleep at present and I'm going to wake him up soon. He hasn't ceased to exist. 
as far as I'm concerned. Mm. He believed in me, so he's going to live. And so he's just having a rest, and I'm going to wake him up. And that's part of the process of his eternal life, his eternal inheritance. has to die because of sin, but he's not gone forever. That's what I like was Jesus saying. And we use figures of speech all the time. So we might say, um, okay, you you said to me the other week, um, you know, we're going up to fix a radio tower in a certain place. Um, It'd be great if you were free. And I said, no, I can't. I'm all tied up. I might not (laughs) use those words, right? But let's say I did. Okay, I'm all tied up. You wouldn't think I was sitting here in my home studio all tied up with rope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you would know I had other commitments. It's a figure of speech. Mm. We use them all the time for all sorts of things, mm. right? And the Bible uses figures of speech as well. If you like um, to explain many of the topics, the important topics which are spiritually discerned, so that only those who are really wanting to discover the truth, not just make fun of them, will find them. Jesus did this with things called parables. So in John chapter 3, he uses this popular figure of speech in John chapter 3. And now John chapter 3 is a fabulous chapter. Everyone knows John 3.16. But in this section, he is using a figure of speech talking with Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who, who really is prompted to draw closer to God, but he doesn't really grasp all this stuff that Jesus is talking about. And Jesus says you've got to be born again. Nicodemus is concerned because he goes, hey, you know, that's just ludicrous. I, I can't go back into my, my mother and be born again. And, and he's speaking spiritually. Jesus is speaking spiritually. He's talking about dying to your old self. You've got to be reborn by God through the Holy Spirit. That's what's got to happen. There's this spiritual rebirth. And so our physical body will die and we will rest in the grave when we die. Mm until Jesus returns. But then he will resurrect us and give us new bodies. And we as a person will live again in reality. That's, that's what John three, fourteen to, to uh, 17 means. Whoever believes in him should not perish. I could put in brackets there from all this other stuff we've been talking about in the Bible. Will not perish and cease to exist for all eternity, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish again, I'll add, for all eternity, but have eternal life or everlasting life. Mm. That's, that's what it's saying here. So yes, we might die physically if Jesus doesn't return soon, but in God's eyes, we're not really dead if we've accepted and lived for him. We're just having a rest and you know after a hard life most people could enjoy having a rest mm. but you know even revelation 14 revelation fourteen thirteen says this i have to look this one up just bear with me a minute as i flick the pages and i find revelation fourteen thirteen. it says here revelation fourteen thirteen. um Yes, this says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours and their works. Follow them. Just before that, it said, "Blessed are those who, uh, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, that they may rest from their labours and their works may follow them." So even Revelation talks about that rest and the waking up. Mm. David, I promised uh, more information about our book offer for today, Um, so we'll do that now. It's called Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell, an enlightening and comforting sharing book. 
uh, on the topic of death and hell, life is hard, then you die. It's the truth. In Greek mythology, the river Styx separated the land of the living from Hades, the abode of the dead. When death came for you, the ferryman carried you across the river to the other side. Are stories and myths of ancient civilizations enough for you when it comes to death? Or do you really want to know what will happen when you are left alone in the graveyard? There is hope. Do you want to know more? So this is the book, Draining the Sticks. It's a free offer. Text us in after the break. I'll give you the code 0488880891. But uh, right now we're going to listen to this beautiful song. It's called Jesus Paid It All by the Downing Family. Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith of M, and uh, that was the Dowling family with Jesus paid it all. Now we're talking with David. We're in our last segment today, but I did promise you to give you the code to this book, 
draining the sticks. So today, reflect number 11, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, number 11. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and you can claim your free copy of this book, Draining the Sticks. Uh, before the break, David, we were talking about this seemingly contradiction between where Jesus says, uh, you will never die, but mm. then people do die. So, uh, But mm. we also learned that there really is no contradiction. It's simply a, uh, I guess it's a, it's a, a, a term of, of speech that he was using mm. there to, uh, mm. to describe something a little different. That's right, a little bit like the parables that he used throughout the New Testament that mm. recorded uh, his life. So before the break, you know, we're, we're, we're going through this and we're explaining that, yes, um, I remembered I, I certainly, you know, we, there is this, this death and death, you know, physical and, and spiritual. So remember I shared a verse with you um, that just before the disciples left, uh, before he left his disciples, sorry, he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, he did this to give them comfort. He really did. So that uh, when they were going to be faced with challenges, and certainly the biggest challenge for most people is their mortality, that they would have courage um, and they would have hope. He also gave this, uh, gave a promise to in John 14 that he was going away uh, and yet he would return and take them back to be with him. Now, remember what I said about God always being faithful right at the very mm. beginning. Jesus can be trusted. And because everything predicted about him happened exactly as he said it would, then we know that we can trust everything that he says. So, you see, the reason we can have assurance of eternal life, Jason, is that if we remain connected with Jesus, that we, we are encouraged in John 1, 4, that in him was life. So if we are connected to life, we have life if we are disconnected from life we have the opposite mm. the opposite of life is not life in another form it's death it's a cessation of life so so john affirms that he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of god does not have life and it's interesting that it's, these are like bookends for john beginning of john the gospel he right in the very few the beginning of the chapter of the very first um, chapter of, uh, verse four the four verses in he says in him was life and that life was the life of, light of men and then at the end of towards the end of his life in his letters he says the same basically the same thing he who has the son has life he who doesn't have the son of God does not have life as I said it's the opposite it's not life in another form. God said that if you eat from the tree, you will die. He didn't say if you eat from the tree, you'll go on living in a different form. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was very, very clear. So as I said before, these two certainties in life, death and taxes, you might be able to avoid taxes through some creative accounting, and many people have, but no one can cheat our physical death. comes to us all eventually, doesn't it? Mm. But as we've said, God is faithful and he's promised that we'll live again even if we sleep in physical death. If we've, if we've connected with him, we remain connected to him and following him in this life, then like we read at the beginning of Romans, if we do this, then we're no longer condemned. That word condemned in Romans chapter 8 also means separated. So if we are connected with God, we can't be separated. 
I, I see it as really, really simple stuff. Um, Jesus has already taken the punishment of, of, of death for us. Remember what we said about the law. The law says we need to die. Jesus steps in and says, well, I'll take that punishment for you so you can have the life that I have forever. That's fantastic. So because of all of these promises that have already come true, that God's already made through Jesus, we know that this will be fulfilled for us as well. And, and as an example... I see this happening in, uh, in children's lives. As you raise children, anyone who's raised children will know what I'm talking about here. <clears throat> when your children are young, you need to continually reinforce the positive things that you're saying and ensure that what you say is what you do because children learn from watching and if you say it but you don't do it, they learn you can't be trusted. <laughs> And unfortunately, I've seen this in my own life. You know, when you say, oh, I'm busy, uh, um, we'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and there's a different priority and you put it off and you put it off. It discourages the children when you continue to do that. But when you reinforce it positively and you say, look, I I'm really busy today. Let's do it tomorrow. And you make an effort to make sure that you do it and you keep your promises. Children learn that you can be trusted and it builds up their trust in you. And then they learn that, hey, you know, all right, life happens, uh, but what dad said is going to happen or what mum said is going to happen. And they learn to trust you. And the same is true for God. Same is true for God. In the Bible in Second Samuel twenty two thirty one, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Now, Soldiers in an army. This is um, you know, Old Testament times, or or places where they de they you know they had the uh, armor and the shields. They wouldn't hide behind a shield that was going to break. They hide behind a shield they know is going to support and protect them. This is what it's like for us and God. He is perfect. His word is proven. He's a shield to all who trust in him. So back to the opening illustration about Kerry Packer and his early brush with death, you know, and the insights that that brought him and, and by extension us. Throughout the Bible, God takes the mystery out of death. Uh, death is foreign because God originally intended for us to live with him forever through his life-giving power. But once sin was introduced... Um, and rebellion people chose to live apart from god if you live apart from god then you don't have his life we talked about that but for those who choose to accept jesus sacrifice on their behalf the physical death that we all experience one day is but a pause in our longer eternal life i really like that in luke twenty thirty eight, the bible says that all live to him that that means as far as god's concerned if we live connected now although we sleep in death one day as far as god's concerned he's going to raise us and resurrect us again so there's no separation there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus we're connected and that death the physical death is simply a pause in the forever life that he's promised will follow so if you want to live with the hope and belief that death is simply a pause or a rest, a temporary separation from those whom we love and a heavenly Father. If you accept him today, you can be assured that you have the promise of eternal life and you can overcome the physical death when Jesus returns. Thank you, David. It's um, 
so many are trying to conquer death and some believe that scientists will one day uh, figure out how to reverse ageing and allow mm. us to live forever. I'm totally not convinced that that's going to happen. Mm. But what I am convinced of is that we can have eternal life uh, in mm. Jesus. So um, thank you again. What have you got for us next week, David? Next week, victory over sin. One of the things that people really struggle with is how do I get past all these wrong things that I keep seeming to be compelled to do? So we'll talk about that next week. Awesome. Don't miss it. Tomorrow, we've got a replay of a, of a program that I did with Gary Webster last year. It's titled Stubborn Love. So join us tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m. for that. And uh, I just want to remind you about our... A function that's happening, I didn't give the dates earlier, but we've got Friday the 13th of May in Hobart, Improving Immune Function Through Food with Dr. Sue Rad. 13th of May in Hobart, 15th of May in Launceston, and the 16th of May in Devonport. So do please uh, text us in immune22, I-M-M-U-N-E, number 22, to 0488880891 in order to get the full details uh, for that event. It is a free event. Don't miss it. I've already uh, spoken to Sue about what she's going to be talking about. And, uh, yeah, it's well worth attending. So um, Draining the Sticks is our free offer. Text in REFLECT number 11 to the same number, 0488880891, to get that one as well. We hope you have a great day wherever you are, and may God bless you. This is Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Thanks, Jason. sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him, oh. Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon just to know the saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I proved him Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more, oh, for
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.